We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, everything, everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About. Brunch 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 she is lisa v and he's randall keith and you are tuned into another episode of brunch culture the millennial podcast where everything is up for discussion and we you know, are back yes gone for a minute now we're back at the jump off hey. i love saying that because you know it's, I feel like it takes me back to 2000 high school because uh, I don't know the exact year. You know what was on my mind today? What's Tampa that? Tony. I don't he know where he it. is. They looking. He took it. But they he made some good. Like, he, I, I took it, man. It's so funny, though, because being up it's here. It's not like, on iTunes. Right? No. It, wait, it's not. I don't even know. Being up here, though, when I go out, I wish that they would just play Southern music like all the time. And it's always weird when I see people listen to like Northern music is more, especially old school Northern music. It's more of like a bob. Like you just kind of bob your head. Mm-hmm. But all the southern music is like where you actually dance, dance. So seeing people dance to like in the club is like, oh, <laughs> okay, all right. Or like Jay Z, Hard Not Life. Like, oh, you dance to this? Oh, okay. Um, all right. Well, this <laughs> is a little. It's just it's a whole different vibe. I feel like in the south, you know, we nobody did it like the 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 90s early 2000s south like and that was when people were saying like southern rap wasn't really rap i feel like that's when southern music was the best we had jesus a snowman i'm just i just thought it was so icy yeah like like, you just nobody could compare you like you really that nothing compares to old school and now it's, it's sad as old school now but like our time our like high school college days southern rap music like did, just, did i tell you i had a crush on young jeezy really it's oh. so random oh, it's just so opposite of my personality complete opposite like i wouldn't have i don't know i don't think i would have gotten young jeezy young jeezy what, what and was it about him i don't know I went through a phase where I actually had a crush on Rick Ross. Dear Heavenly Father, we're going to pray for Lisa Fields right now. <laughs> no, what? I don't know. It was random. It was it was high school. You know, you just... I don't know. No, Rick Ross was in high school. That was college. Undergrad. I was trying to find myself. Rick Ross has always just been like... I don't know. You know what? You he remember had that when swag. He, you remember when him and um uh, Trick Daddy like was like going like going at each other. I, all I I just remember uh, Trick saying that he was a correctional officer, and then they had that like photo of him. <laughs> and ever since then, <laughs> it was always to me kind of like this pause, like like he's fake. Be, 
Like, is this really your personality, bro? Are you really a correctional officer? Nothing, nothing wrong with being a correctional officer. Nothing, nothing whatsoever. But I guess it just never, it always made me question, like, the authenticity of, like, him. And, you know, he, of course, he, you know, he makes some good music. I don't know. But it was the, just kind of like. The fact that I had a crush on him makes me question the authenticity of my brain at the time. <laughs> what was going on? Rick Ross that probably, was desired. Rick Ross got something for you. He, you know, he he help you out. He take care of you. You can be a what was that? I don't remember he what. He can donate to G three, but I don't want to date him. <laughs> he can be a donor, huh? You say that's the best he can do for you. Go ahead <laughs> on and make a donation. Here's the link. <laughs> I'm still sad, Nelly. You know, I had a cr- I still have a crush on Nelly. I don't know why. Nelly, what is Nelly? Nelly, and he married? No, I was just going to say. I was thinking. No, I was like, I was about married. to say he got a whole wife now, but no, he not married. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's that? with that girl that used to be with uh, Floyd Mayweather. A word? No, I don't know about that. I wish him all the best. Oh, I just, I just remember. I just really <laughs> wanted Nelly and Ashanti to get married, just because. Oh, I thought Nelly was with Kelly for a long time. No. When Dilemma came out? No, it was just for the... What I, I always try to tell you, I try to explain to you that certain things have to happen for, you know, Hollywood and for the cameras and all of that good stuff. You don't really seem to believe me, but you'll learn. It's okay. <laughs> well, you know who I don't want to talk about, but we do? Kanye West. I wish we didn't have to talk about him. I just wish Kanye West would go away. Disappear. And, I think and, he will if we st- if we don't give him the oxygen. I feel like attention is his ox- oxygen. I agree. You know what blows me too, though. Who are these people that saying that he's like this philosophical genius? I don't For know. The I life think it's of because me. they said that, like when he said George Bush don't care about black people, and it's like ever since then they made him like this political icon. And it was a bold statement at the time. Like, obviously, it was a bold statement at the time. It was something that people weren't expecting to happen. It was something that, honestly, we probably wouldn't have gotten a response out of uh, President George Bush if during that time for Katrina, if that had not been stated. Like, I don't know if you remember, but literally there there was a complete 180 in terms of the attention that was given, the public attention that was given to Katrina at that time. Um, it was like just tr- like it was a huge change. So it was it was great that he said it then, but it's kind of like y'all that was then and this is now. And I think if we look at the decisions that he's made, at least publicly since then, um, I mean not exactly since then, but more in more recent years, it's caused a question. Like we should take a pause and say, whoa. And I just it just frustrates me that people can't get that somebody can be a musical genius and actually not be a genius at everything in life. <laughs> That's why we say a <laughs> and not music, be a real genius. Right. And not be like philosophical. They're not a philosopher. They are not like an intellectual, like, you know, they can tweet stuff and the stuff that they tweet is not really profound. It's it's like, oh, oh, my gosh, she's saying some real stuff. And it's like, well, that's actually stuff that has been on the own network for Oprah's been saying this for like, what, 40 years now. Like, what are you guys? <laughs> I feel like, it, yeah, like it's <laughs> extremely basic. It's not even like this 
really great stuff that's happening that he's saying, but people just seem to think that because he's a musical genius, somehow everybody's supposed to follow him. And I just don't really understand that. Like, I just, yeah, the whole, and I feel like it's a trolling thing. Like the whole, the most recent thing of him posting, posting a picture with the, the MAGA hat and saying that this hat is going to be, it was, wasn't something to the tune of like, this hat is going to bring us together or let it represent unity and all of this other crap. Like, I just kind of wish at this point that people would just stop paying him attention and giving light to any of that stuff. Um, and just let it go. Like, I feel like if we really stop paying attention to him, we he'll go away like he or he'll he'll do the work or get the help that he needs to be out of it because we were all getting excited that he was talking about his mental state talking about you know i was in a really dark place during those times i apologize for that stuff i saw i remember watching a video of him being on some radio show and the the woman um one of the co-hosts she started to cry as she was explaining to him which for me was a bit much but i was like oh you know what she really is showing him how much she cares about him and respects him. And then now we're back on this whole MAGA thing again. It's just like, y'all, if we just stop, if we just realize as a collective, you know what? We're going to stop giving you the opportunity to be the spokesperson for politics or anything that's thought provoking. We'll be good. Like, <laughs> it's all right. Everything will be fine. Yeah. And this, I'm like, are you on meds or you're not? Cause you keep telling us this is how you was acting when you was on drugs, and it seemed like <laughs> you like you back to doing the same. It seemed like you're sober and your high is the same. What is going on? <laughs> I can't differentiate what where you where you are because they all seem like the same place. It's the same thing, right? <laughs> your drugs, on drugs, and off drugs are identical twins. So you're gonna have to let me know. You need to get new doctors because something's right. not working. Right. I think I, I, I remember having this discussion with my friend who's a, a really big Kanye West fan. And I just remember saying like, hey, if it is a medical condition and if there is some sort of like mental off balance or something that's happening, then let's deal with that and let's address that. Right. And let's handle that in a way. But we can't keep giving this person passes and making excuses when the people that are around him say that he's a one and he's good there's no problem he'll have he's not he's not uh you know he doesn't have any type of mental illness and he's not on any type of medication and he's fine and then he'll say that you know i'm fine ain't nothing happening then when it's like when he wants to act right he's like oh i was on my medication because i have mental issues and then it's like once he does something crazy again and people start to say hey it's his mental issues oh no it's not my mental issue like we can't it can't be both like you can't you know evade responsibility because you want to claim mental illness but then we say hey let's hold you accountable for getting help for your mental illness and then you say well i ain't got no mental illness like it's just not you can't have both and we can't operate in the space of both so i feel like if we just stop paying attention to them all together everything will be good you have no problems <laughs> that's my you know that's just my answer that's that's my answer and speaking of people that you know, I just kind of want to, I don't know if it's fair for me to say I want her to go away, but I will say that the tweet from Bette Midler, um, liking, making a, a comparison of women to the inwards of the world. 
uh, you know, bet I'm all right. I'm good. Now, I'll be the first to tell you that I'm not well versed in Bette Midler's career. So I'm not going to, you know, sit up here and be like, oh, I remember when I don't remember when. Um, obviously, I know who, <laughs> I'm aware of Bette Midler and I read Jennifer Lewis's book and she gave a lot of like props to Bette Midler and talked about the relationship she had with her and Bette Midler giving her opportunities. Um, and, you know, and it sounds like a wonderful woman. Great. Wonderful. Great. Um, but <laughs> this uh, tweet that came out, was it the fourth? And I'll read the tweet. She says, women are the N word of the world. It's in quotes, raped, beaten, enslaved, married off, worked like dumb animals, denied education and inheritance, enduring the pain and danger of childbirth and life in silence in all caps for thousands of years. They are the most disrespected creatures on earth. Mm. Now, bet. Bet, bet, bet. There's so many things that's wrong with this tweet. And she since apologized, and that's fine. But so here's the thing that I kind of feel like some of these apologies, right? There's certain things that I kind of feel like is very blatantly disrespectful. And I, while I, I understand, you know, we do a podcast, right? So we're in the space of creating podcasts. We do media. Sometimes in the heat of the moment, you might talk, you might say something, and you think back and you might hear it back and be like, dang, I shouldn't have said that. Or that probably came off real insensitive. That's not what I meant. Like, I get that. But this ain't that. Um, saying that women are the N-words of the world is first off acknowledging that you believe that some people are N-words, right? <laughs> and that the N-words of the world are out there and they're treated a certain way. And yeah, I'm OK with that. But I'm not okay with women being those things like and then also failing to recognize that there are black women that are both women and also considered inward. Mm -hmm. How like how did you not how did you miss that? You know, I think that's my thing. My thing becomes, wait, how did you miss that? And then to go into like these extremities of like beaten, raped, enslaved, not to say that these things don't happen or have not happened, but I just kind of think that it's a bit insensitive when we start to talk about people's actual historical experiences and compare it to the defense of a majority and in many cases that haven't had to ex experience that magnitude on a larger scale that this other community did. I just feel like it's so... It's really insensitive and I know people are like she apologized and people are like, oh, give her a second chance. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I can't tell you that I'm not giving you a second chance because I wasn't checking you before before. Like I, the <laughs> thing that I really know her for is when she was like Kim Kardashian would have to put the camera down her throat in order for us to see something we haven't seen. Like I thought that was hilarious. That's literally what I think of when I see Bette Midler. But this kind of tweet is just kind of like, yeah. We could have did without this, and as a result of that, I can do without you. So we're going to move on past Bette Midler. So I'm putting <laughs> Bette Midler in the same box that I'm putting Kanye West in, and I'm actually just going to keep walking. Yeah, I'm good. Well, she might feel emboldened to say these things because number 45 does. It's quite reckless, and she's probably <laughs> setting a trend for um for people in our society. Yeah, but I just, just to me, you still don't get a pass to be like... I don't know. Just just saying that women are the N word when there are women that are considered the N word. 
it, it's just kind of I don't know. You just and she she said I think I read a statement or maybe like Lonnie loves Instagram where she basically said this was a quote that came from years ago somebody else said something similar to that or said the same thing that women are the n-words of the world and it's like yo it's trash then and it's trash now and it's actually trash even more so now because you're in 2018 when one should know that that word is unacceptable referencing that word is unacceptable and making a parallel to a number of women who've never had to experience the 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 depths of the pain and the hurt that were that was legal to, to inflict against people that were considered the n word by your by your people that look just like you I don't know it's just a little it's a le, it's a level of carelessness for me that I just can't really take I'm okay with it Yep you know what kind of was careless to me What's that This season of insecure I have to agree with you. (laughs) We are insecure fans here at Brunch Culture, but this season I felt like was on a, just a mundane kind of situation the first few episodes. Like, it was okay. It was enough to keep you interested, but it was not like, for you to have only eight episodes and it'd be 30 minutes long, there should have been a little bit more in depth. First of all, they need to be an hour, and it needs to be like maybe ten to twelve episodes. Yeah, not thirty-eight. I I would say thirteen episodes, thirty minutes. I said thirteen should be the minimum, and I think that this is kind of shifted for me based on like uh, Netflix having ten episodes, and they're all being an hour, and you can kind of watch them all together. I think the Mm -hmm. fact that I'm waiting week to week um, for this. I would get a little annoyed that I'm waiting week to week for 30 minutes. I just, it just never, I don't know. It just didn't feel right. But I agree with you in saying that this season, it seemed very, it was very slow in the beginning. Um, I remember watching it and being like, it was a good episode, but I guess I didn't get that kind of like cliff, not even a cliffhanger. I didn't feel like it was enough like meat that was making me be like, oh, wow, that happened or oh, wow, this. It was kind of like, oh, OK, that was a cool episode. Um, and then I, I think for me, just in its entire in it in its entirety, the biggest thing about this season was Lawrence coming back into play and kind of the domin- the di- dynamics of post their relationship and how that would work. And I knew it was going to happen. For me, it was a matter of when, not if. And him coming back, when he came back, I was like, oh, shoot. That was like the moment that I was like, yo, all right, the show's the show is it. Like, he's back. Like, what's going to happen? And I don't know. I guess it just kind of... I felt like the season as a whole was building for next season more so than it was about it standing on its own as like an individual season. And I think it might even just be kind of how the story has played out. But if you think about like, was it the first season we had um, the whole, we found out like she cheated on Lawrence and then like it ends with like Lawrence uh, having sex with uh, what's the, what's old girl name? Um, I don't remember the bank teller girl. And so uh, I can't even think of a name. Yeah, but it was like it it was 
it was it was that and then like the next season it was the whole like them trying to like get together but not be together like figuring out what they're gonna do and if they're gonna actually officially break up and all of this stuff i feel like it was a lot going into it and happening and this season was more of like huh this is life after all right. And I don't know. I always thought I was like, well, maybe for me as a dude, like maybe I just can't identify with some of this stuff because I still would see people be like, oh, my gosh, it was such a great episode. And I was like, I mean, it was cool, but I don't know. Like I thought the the Coachella episode was hilarious. I feel like that was probably the best episode of the season. Just in that, it was just, I just kept laughing over and over and over again. And it was Yeah, that's yeah. actually one of the funniest episodes they've had ever. Yeah, and I, I, I attribute it to Kelly. I say this, I really think Kelly should have her own show. Yeah, people say she needs a spinoff. Yeah, I think Kelly reminds me, you remember watching like Moesha and it was like the stuff that Kim used to do was really funny. Mm-hmm. And so then when the Parkers came, it just kind of made sense. It was like, oh, of course, like, and then you mm-hmm. watch the Parkers and in many cases, I remember people say like, I think the Parkers is so much better or I'm just addicted to the Parkers. Mm-hmm. because it was like just laughs and just you know good a good show i want to see kelly do that like i want to see and i don't even know if as a you know as because she's she's more of a writer um but i don't even know if as you know as an actress if she is up for that um i one of my friends did say i think it would be hard for kelly to carry a show because can that character make you laugh consistently like that like one of the things that one of the appeals of kelly's character is that it's these outbursts and moments of you not really expecting it which is true but i don't know i just think the wit that she the character has the way that she kind of like pops off on stuff i think it could be entertaining to watch i mean heck if for nothing else y'all can do it for eight episodes like y'all do insecure like (laughs) 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 make eight hours of content and like I don't know. Make that's two seasons. Like, I think it'll be dope. Yeah. Well, you know, I I really wish that she would do um, longer episodes. At least they didn't end with those that whack show like they did last time. Yeah, that and I never was it due north. Yeah. It was another one of those things for me, honestly, that I was like, so here's an here's a moment where I'm not going to get it. And I don't think that I just don't find it funny. And I know a lot of people like they like do north. I think I was listening to a podcast and they were saying that they they always got the humor in it and they they laughed. And they thought it was funny. I think. Wow. It, I never laughed one time. I, yeah, I never got it. Like, I, I just <laughs> I never got it. I didn't. Like I just literally would just be like, "Why are y'all showing me this? Like, what's what's happening here? I don't understand what's going on here." But was finding out somebody got into it. I was like, "Well, I mean, I guess cool." But there's a there's a new one now. It's not Due North. The other one is like, it's supposed to be like a spinoff of uh, Good Times or something like that. Or yeah, it's some kind of reboot. And they got um, what's the man? How to be a player, which is a classic movie. I Bill Bellamy. Yeah. That's a hilarious movie. Oh, but wait, Bill Bellamy was in there? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't even know. Well, look at that. Look at that. Well, anyway, so moving right along, you got a new Supreme Court justice. Are you excited? <laughs> Yo, when I tell you that spoof on SNL on him was dead on, 
And I didn't even realize, like, I saw this, I saw Matt Damon do him before I actually saw him. And I was like, Matt Damon is exaggerating. This man didn't say this. I don't think I saw that. Hilarious. You gotta yeah. watch it. I, the thing that I thought was hilarious was, uh, the, it's like the video they, they used, um, what's his name? Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson. Now that is class. I probably watched that thing like 10 times back to back rolling on the floor laughing like that junk was hilarious and it was so spot on the internet is so undefeated because who would have thought of that yo like how did you in watching that and watching that how did you even remember i feel like you would have to have just watched the movie in order to realize how perfect it was like it was it was great i thought it was hilarious yeah, I don't know how people do stuff that fast, though, because the response and putting it all together, people are really just geniuses. Yeah. Are you excited about the new Supreme Court justice? Were you, was <laughs> it, you're talking to somebody else? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I plead the fifth. No, I mean, who's excited about it? Come on now. No, absolutely not. Like, I just... Yeah. But I knew he was getting... A, I didn't, like, I saw people, like, really devastated. And I'm like... Y'all didn't know this was gonna happen. They I like refused. I absolutely you gotta refused. know this is gonna this is gonna take place. I, you just every time somebody would ask me like if I watched the if I watched the hearing or if I, how I felt about it, I was like I refuse to get myself emotionally invested in this because I know what is going to happen. I'm gonna go through this process, and they're gonna go through this investigation. Nothing's gonna nothing substantial is gonna come out, and then he's going to be confirmed and we're just going to have to deal with another blow. It's like at this point, let's really prepare ourselves to vote November. Like, I really think that's what we should be doing. And not to say that it's not something that you should be concerned about. Like, yes, this is the Supreme court, uh, this is Supreme court justice. This person has a lifelong appointment. Like literally it was going to be making laws at least probably for the next 30 years that are going, that's going to affect our lives. Like, that's important. Like, I think, you know, it's 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 definitely worth considering and being involved in. But I also recognize that kind of that's we know how this is going to base just based on the, the set our current congressional setup. We know how this is going to go for sure. Why am I wasting my time being like, oh, no, they're going to uncover something and they're going to say we absolutely can't confirm. No, these people want to confirm. They just want to shut us up and let us know that, hey, I've done my due diligence. So you can stop complaining. and Just shut up. But, yeah, he going into he's going into that seat. It's just going to happen. You just got to deal with it. So, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> hit us up. Tell us what y'all think about uh, mimosas and orange juice. We would love to hear from you. Hashtag chat BC. And we'll be back with our main dish. All right, family, we are back and it is time to dive into the main dish. So, this week's main dish, we want to talk about something that is really critical. Something that honestly all of us <laughs> are experiencing. And 
I don't really know if growing up they prepared us for this, right? You think about yeah. like growing up, people would like you just when you grew up, you just like, oh, I can't wait till I'm grown. Like when I'm grown, I'm gonna like do this, and I'm gonna have this, and I'm gonna you know go here, and things are gonna be this way, and I ain't gonna have to deal with this no more. And then you become an adult, and you start looking around, like in your twenties, you start looking around, like wait, you still act like that? I thought we stopped that when we were like ten. You come like 25. I thought we stopped that in high school. Become 30. You're like, wait a minute. You still do that? I thought we stopped doing that in college. Then you look at the people that are like 45, 50, 60, 70, 80. And then you start saying, whoa, you guys all act like 10 year olds. Um, Yeah. And y'all grown, grown. Super grown. Like you like somebody's actual like parent, but not like a baby or infant or a toddler or you know, uh, a, a young child, you're like a grown person's or soon to be grown person's parent. And you still do the thing, same things that, you know, people used to do back in the day. So what we want to talk about is things that people do that seem like it's too much, like they're too old to do it. Like this is out of your age league. Like you should not be doing this. Um, and I know for sure myself, I'm seeing so many of these things in my career um, that I just kind of <laughs> expected people to kind of, I expected not to have to deal with it um, professionally, personally. I just, there's certain traits and certain habits and activities that you just thought like, yo, when people become grown, like grown, grown, as you'd say, real grown, we wouldn't really have to deal with these things, but people are still out here doing it. So what's and some of the things here. that you see? You know, it just reminds me, Aaliyah tried to tell us a long time ago, age ain't nothing but a number. Nothing but a number. And maybe she was talking about her relationship with R. Kelly. I don't know. But I'm going to apply it to to what's going on today. Was that inappropriate? Should I not have said that? No, it's okay. It's Okay. (laughs) I don't want to draw attention to it. I'm just going like it didn't happen. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's just interesting. So I've had a couple situations recently where I'm dealing with people and I'm thinking these people are like, oh, these people are beyond the grown grown. They are, they could have like one foot in life and one foot in death as I, (laughs) as I often put it at that, you know. Maybe we should edit that out. Um, but <laughs> half in, half out. <laughs> you know the people that if they go, you won't be surprised. You'd be like, "Well, oh, that was their time." Like- you know, you'd be like, "Well, that was their time. It was they've been plunging the clock for a little while now. It's okay." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and having issues with them. And it's just like, man, this is a level of immaturity that I would expect from me and my friend because sometimes we are petty with each other. Right. But I shouldn't be experiencing this with you because you got grandkids. Exactly. And, you know, it's just like, what? why are you doing it? Why are you not being able to, why are you still here? But, I mean, it leads me to some something when somebody was telling me today, like when people don't deal with issues in the youth, where you think it go? It just followed them. Like, the times pass. 
get older, but it continues to follow them. Yeah. And I was like, that's true. And I guess at some point we have in this our mind this fallacy that as you get older, it automatically leaves. Like you're just beyond that. And I think that's why the expectation is there for you not to deal with them on that level. Yeah. So I think that actually it's funny you say so the 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 very first thing that I wrote down was uh people not being able to own up to their own issues. Mm-hmm. Um that was the very first thing that hit my mind when we started talking about it. Um, I don't know if I thought that it would just kind of disappear. I f- always thought that people would just work it out, work it, t- it would work itself out, right? I always thought that, like, there's, there's a certain point of time in life that you get to a certain age and then you start realizing that, you know, this issue that you might have, be it with somebody else, you know, in in your professional life and a certain situation or whatever, is it doesn't exist in a vacuum. Like it's happened multiple times. So you've experienced it in this space and you've experienced it in that place. And at some point in time, one would say, Hey, here's an issue that I have. This issue is mine. <laughs> this issue is something that comes around or I see present in multiple interactions. Maybe, just maybe, I maybe I'm the common denominator. So I'm an denominator. Yeah. So maybe I'm like the cause of this. And they would either acknowledge it and and find the behavior that caused it and stop doing it, or they would go through whatever work they needed to go to make sure that that situation to minimize the likelihood of that situation resurfacing and i think i'm just i've realized realized and probably hear more like the past six months more than anything just a lot of people just don't do that um and so i'm looking at people that are older than i am um and even people that are our age right and you kind of being like wait you still have a problem you still aren't able, like you still keep blaming everybody else and saying like, is this person and is that person and is that person and is that person. But you don't realize that you have the same issue or very similar issue with all of these different people. Like you, like that didn't click for you. Like you didn't have what, one of the things, and I'll say this for myself, I'll be very open. Like, so one of the things that I realized is I had a tendency to uh, if something goes wrong in like a relationship or a friendship, I'm out. Right. So I had an issue of just being done, like just kind of letting it go. And especially if it was something that caused me to like argue and like get real, like hype and emotional, I'll just like walk away from the situation. And like when I say walk away from the situation, not being like, I'm gonna walk away from the argument. We'll talk later. No, I'm like, not messing with you no more. I'm not talking to you. You know, you might call and I might give you, I might answer. And if I do answer, it might be a few words, but then it's very like, uh, I'm good. I'm distant. Um, because I don't want to have to deal with that. But then I recognized that I was doing that in multiple situations. And then I realized maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> like I realized this issue. I keep having the same issue with multiple people perhaps is like the problem is not that i'm arguing or problem not is that you know we we don't see eye to eye the problem is that that equates to me 
not being your friend anymore or, you know, ending the relationship, not being in a relationship no more, not kind of, you know, dealing with you on whatever level. And so maybe the problem is me. Maybe other people experience this and they respond differently. And that's how they maintain these relationships. And I had to kind of realize that nobody told me to do it. Right. It was just something that. I kept seeing the pattern. I acknowledged it and I <laughs> made some adjustments. But I don't think people out here doing that, though. Well, I mean, some people never identify that there is a pattern. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I'm I, as like, you say it, that, I'm it, like, wait, but how do you not do that? <laughs> like, but I guess truthfully, like it does people. I mean, some people do it like. Because you, you, you cannot be self-reflective. Like, think about what it takes to notice there's a pattern. You have to sit quietly with yourself for some time. But if you always put yourself in places of being busy, you can always point out and never look within. That's true. And I, I think that goes along for me with the second thing that I wrote down was just people not being honest with themselves. I think a part of self-reflection and kind of analyzing, you know, what you do is having to face, be honest with yourself and realize that like, yo, I could be the problem. I think for myself, an example that I use, um, I realize that I am a part of the problem in this situation. Um, <laughs> and I remember, I remember you and I having a conversation, uh, it was maybe like two years ago and, Wow, it doesn't even seem like that long ago. But yeah, maybe like two years ago. And I remember you asking me in a certain situation, like, what do you think you contributed? And I remember sitting there not being able to answer because I knew. But later on, I thought like, I think a part of my contribution also was that I was doing what I normally do, which is, look, these too many problems. I ain't got time for this. <laughs> I'm going to slap you. I'm just going to stop dealing with you altogether. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. And it was kind of like I had to be honest with myself and recognize that this is, wow, no matter how justified I feel that, you know, my decision or my actions was, it still is a normal behavior, a normal behavior that I have identified as a problem in other situations. And so for me to kind of go in that same light it's like yo you doing you know what i'm saying like there's that maybe we could argue that there's justification and sure there is but at some point in time the problem is not about it's not about them it's about you and so are you going to be honest with yourself and realize that you're doing the same thing that you've always done so therefore probably going to get the same results oh maybe like you know what i mean like and i realize people just don't do that like folks really are not out here having those types of honest and embarrassing conversations with yourself. Cause I feel like doing so you have to realize and not that you, you're, you're embarrassed of yourself. You have to sit with that embarrassment. You got to sit with that guilt. You have to sit with the, you know, failure of the relationship that may have occurred as a result of those actions. And you kind of just got to sit with it and own up to it, you know, like, yeah. But you know, as you were saying that too, something that stuck out that like, I never thought about before is like, you know, people always say that, you know, millennials are not, you know, as mentally strong as the generation before us. And, um, you know, as you were talking about that, it made me think of maybe why, like, sometimes I think we're more self-aware mm -hmm. um, because we don't take on as many responsibilities as quickly. 
And I think that hinders you from being self-reflective because you get married, you get kids, you get, you know, there's all these things coming and you just kind of got to roll with the punches. Right. And it busies your mind to the point where you can't think about certain stuff because you don't have the freedom to. Yeah, that's I, w- I was going to say to that point, when people do say that, I always say that, like, yo, we are we we have freedoms that the people before us didn't have like heck we're going to see therapists like that is a thing you know what i mean like you don't mm-hmm. us as black people as black millennials that for all intents and purposes you and i have great things going on in our lives right mm-hmm. like we have you know burgeoning careers we you know are able to take care of ourselves financially we're able to travel for for personal pleasure for work like we can do things and we kind of have like the ideal setup you know of an educated young black person um and we also go see therapists like and we're not you know regularity exactly and we're open about it right we're not we're not saying like we're crazy we're not like oh my gosh i'm suicidal or you know i have like voices or none of none of that stuff like all of those things that normally one would think that a person should experience in order to go see a therapist we go and see it with just day-to-day stuff to get a professional open opinion like that's a privilege that people before us did not have so i don't i think people fail to recognize that like yo we really are yes we have privileges and we're different like we are not kind of forced to just survive and to kind of literally die internally in silence like there's so many people that i've ran into that are older that are working in careers that they absolutely loathe and it's like i hate this like i wake up every day being like why do i have to do this but that is what they've kind of had to do and been accepted that is there or people that have all of these emotional scars and baggage from childhood even up to adulthood and nobody ever hears about it um, mm-hmm. especially as especially as men you can't even say like as a man like yo i'm scared i'm scared that uh, if i lose this job i'm not going to be able to provide for my family and i won't be a man like verbalizing that is not something that men before us could do us now you know call us off if you want to because i've heard so many people say oh you know, I listen to, you know, everybody knows I listen to Ricky Smiley a lot. It's one of the things he say, like, you know, we creating these like soft men. And I'm like, ah, I don't really know, because you will have all of these people that are older, that they have all of these very like strict and strict rules that they can't break this and they can't do this and they can't do this and they can't go here and they can't go here. And then they're trying to like love on their woman or love on their child and their child, they quote unquote are trying to do it, but it's so very like brick and mortar. I provide for you. I buy you. You saw me tonight. So that mean I love you. And then you have these people that grow up and run them up because they have all these scars because you were not free enough. Didn't have the permission, if you will, to just say, yo, I'm scared and I love you. Or I told you to do this and I kind of went off on you and I kind of lost it, but I made a mistake and I'm sorry. Like, you never did that. You never could do that. So, like, don't don't mess with us. <laughs> but then you see it in their interaction with you as the older person. And it's like, but are you really emotionally stable, though? Exactly. 
Exactly. And and in many cases, I've learned they're not. And they're not because... It's quite volatile. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like, that is absolutely it. Taking time bombs exactly. out here. That is exactly it. When something that is so small that it shouldn't really bother anybody, it is setting them completely off. And they're so upset and they're disturbed and they carry that disturbance. And so, like, the argument that we might have on Monday morning six months from now you still talking about that um that goes into my third the third thing for me which was honestly i never expected i always thought that once people got older a lot of things that happened to them they would let go of um and when i say let go of i don't mean just like let go of it like you forget about it you never talk about it but just kind of like the pain of it and like the 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 guilt of a a bad decision or whatever like i thought that once you got to a certain age you kind of could reconcile it and just kind of let it go and honestly that's another thing i'm saying that like age ain't nothing but a number in that space because you literally have people that have stuff that happened to them when they were like in high school and they're like 70 years old still talking about like oh in high school this person didn't like me and this person said this and it's like yo in high school like what you know what i mean and i always try to be sensitive to it just in that we're gonna get older and we're gonna be old people one day and i'll never want to be the person that's doing all this talking about people and then become old and do the same thing but i think there's a degree of to me there's one thing to like tell a story and to kind of give perspective on another thought or feeling in telling that story, but there's a whole other thing to still legit hold grudges and to see somebody from high school or middle school and be like, Oh, I don't talk to them because I ain't like them in high school or middle school. Like what? (laughs) What is, I can't even wrap my mind around it. You know, like we still doing that. Yeah. Like that's still, that's still a thing. Like there's this like immaturity, this childishness, this this desire to be petty, if you will. That's like, I'm going to prove a point to you by not talking to you. Okay, like, what does that even mean? Or, I remember this person talked about me and they said this, like, yeah, I get that it hurt, but I just kind of thought that once you got to a certain space in life, you know, those kind of things just really didn't matter, but I'm learning that it's not true. Yeah, and I think they matter when, I think You know, one thing that I was talking through today was I think because people get older, the less likely they feel like they're relevant because, you know, society doesn't, you know, they want the young hip thing. Right, right. Um, We don't tend to value aging or older mm -hmm. people. On anything. Yeah. With technology, it's like, oh, we get a new iPhone every time it come out. Right. Or every other one. If you on the S or if you on the one without the S, you know, <laughs> right. how it used to be. Um, so we value new. So I guess like in me trying to understand, because it's like it's frustrating me because it's like I have this expectation that somebody should be mature. It's like they could feel like they have nothing else left to contribute in the ever changing world. Right. And that's a good, that's honestly a good point, though. I hadn't thought about it. I haven't thought about it in comparing it to, like, (laughs) we always want the latest iPhone or the latest technology and realizing how 
it's kind of that we in that space we have a mindset in terms of technology we we have this mindset that we have have to have the latest and greatest and then that kind of bleeds over into like people like we got to have the mm-hmm. latest and greatest people right you got to have somebody that's like sharp in the mind and we don't <laughs> really value right we don't really value the older model if you will the older experience but i guess yeah. and i guess too, antique yeah i guess too it makes sense that you'll have a person that will kind of hang on to those glory days because those are the days that they got the attention right mm-hmm. um as you get older you don't have the access that you once had you don't have i, I remember one of the things that was shocking for me was realizing that commercials don't cater to me anymore Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking it was so weird because I remember I used to I could watch and I memorized like songs, um, like com- commercial theme songs. And I watched them all the time. And I saw people that were like in my age range and they dressed like me and all of this stuff. And now I'm just like, yo, they really don't make these commercials for me. I can't identify or connect with nothing but the household product commercials. Like none of this stuff is about me. That's weird. And so just ima- I can only imagine, you know, being somebody that's up in age and you don't really have that thing. So you have this desire to want that attention. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm interested to see how that looks for us, though, once we get up there, because we are we're part of the social media era when we still have access to each other. Um, and so mm-hmm. while maybe, you know, I'm not turning on mainstream television and I'm not seeing like the people that are in my age range or seeing what they're doing, I'm in the space where people are creating podcasts, right? And, and, and maybe podcasts are going to evolve into some other form, um, or something is going to be become a little bit more prevalent or accessible. So we can still turn on, you know, YouTube or whatever it will be in 50 years and hear people that are talking about things that are going on in our lives. I'm pretty sure, you know, brunch culture in 40 years is not going to be, you know, us talking about this. We'll probably be talking from old people saying like, hey, <laughs> I remember, you know, these youngins ain't doing this or whatever it is that we're saying. And mm-hmm. so I just kind of feel like maybe I'm interested to see how to be. And I feel like it's going to be a, a bit of a shift and it's going to be a bit different for us because we still have the ability to create things of our own and people around us are going to be creating things as well that kind of cater to our needs. Um, And so I'm just interested to see how that'll be. It's yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how we, we talked about insecure in the opening, but it's insecure is tailored to the insecurities of millennials. Yeah. But we're talking about the insecurity of baby boomers and the, what's the generation before them? I call them all baby boomers. <laughs> They're not all baby boomers, I know, but that's what I say. The old Somebody told me it was the the founder. I don't know. That's um. That I don't want to quote it wrong. <laughs> but, <laughs> but those who have grandchildren and are one foot in and one foot out. Yeah. Those those groups. I think that insecurity can just follow you all the days of your life if you don't find something that helps you to understand uh, have a little bit of security and self-assurance 
Right. I th- I think one of the things, and I'm just going to point this out, I actually came into this conversation thinking that this was going to be, for me, just kind of a release of all of the things that people that are too old that they do that gets on my nerves. <laughs> and it's some kind of way in the conversation morphed into me starting to understand maybe why they do it. Um <laughs> Which is really weird because I wasn't planning on doing it at all. I didn't think that that was how this conversation was going to go. Um, and so now it actually has me, when I have to interact with these people that I had in mind in doing this, uh, it's going to cause me to say, oh, I pro- now I get why you do it. Like, I get that this is kind of you trying to find your space. Now, there's certain things that, honestly, you're too old for. And I'm just going to like. Yeah, you kind of got to learn to let some yeah. stuff go. Um, you kind of got to... This diaper type of behavior. You yeah, like I shouldn't be holding your hand and you like 70. Like, I, I mean, holding your hands emotionally, like trying to prime you to be able to tell somebody that, you know what, they they said uh, that's for the old folks and it hurt your feelings. Like at this stage, <laughs> you got to be able to tell me, hey, you said old folks and I'm offended so I cannot say old folks no more. You can't be around here holding the grudge mad at me about something that I don't know about and I honestly wouldn't even recognize that that's offensive because I don't know, people you know that are 23 or 22 will look at me and be like, oh, you old. I'm not offended. Like, okay, yeah. And I always say it beats the alternative. Uh, you probably, hopefully you'll make it to this age. Like it's, or something like that. I don't know. Like, I think that, yeah, I'm just a little, I wasn't expecting this to happen, but I did. But then again, there are certain things that y'all just shouldn't be doing. So if y'all are connected to some older people or, or, you know, seeing some traits that they're, that they're showing that you like, ain't you too old for that? First off, hit us up and let us know. Use the hashtag ChatBC. And also have a conversation with them, yo. Yo, what's going on with you? Like, are you, <laughs> like, what's happening? Do you need some attention? Like, did somebody not love on you? Who who didn't teach you how to, like, get, it's okay to express yourself. And you don't have to do so by cursing me out. You don't have to do so angrily. Like, you can just say, yo, you said this and this hurt my feelings. We still cool, but please try not to say it again. And just move on, like. Let's help the old folks. AJ meant butter now, but <laughs> we will be back. That's it for our main dish. We will be back for our toaster roast. All right, we're back with our toast or roast. Today I want to toast a new show that I've gotten addicted to, which it actually... This show is kind of crazy. It's on Lifetime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I blame my friend Vanna, who had, we were trying to wait for Insecure to come on when I was in D.C. and she was watching Lifetime and then this show happened, happened to come on after that. It's called You. It's about this man who who works at a bookstore and he meets a girl and he just gets obsessed with her. He starts stalking her. Oh. oh. <laughs> And then he sets up these scenarios where they're in interacting and then he saves her life actually. Um, and then he steals her phone and she has to buy another phone, but she's logged into the cloud. So he gets still gets all her text messages. So he creates scenarios and does things she, he knows she'll like because he has the information and he stole her diary. Um, and then he kills her boyfriend 
this is why I can't. I'm sorry. I'm not. This is your your toast. I, I just I, this is why I can't watch the Lifetime. This is depressing. <laughs> this is yo depressing. And now they're in a relationship. And now he's trying to kill her best friend because her best friend is obsessed with her. Um, and and you want to toast this show? <laughs> this deserves a roast. This is depressing. Like what just happened? The show is bizarre, but it's just like you can't stop watching it because it's just so random. It actually is well written. That's why I'm toasting it because it's well written. And I'm just like, why am I watching this? I'm on five episode five because after I we we watched half. Wait, so this is not a movie? No, this is a TV show. Oh my gosh! So you have to watch multiple episodes of this depression. This is they are hour long. Now they are, they give you more than insecure. <laughs> I, you, I wish they would probably be thirty minutes. <laughs> Yo, it's just so bizarre. Um, but he thinks he's saving her. Um, it really is a crazy it's it's crazy. But Criminal Minds is back on, so I'm excited about that. So toast to that. Um oh. Alright. Well, I just got a little depressed. No, I mean Yeah, I don't know. I, I have a thing against lifetime and I do you, Check you it out. Like, I think you should watch the first episode. Uh, like I wouldn't have thought like if they had told me what the show was about I wouldn't have thought that I would got sucked in right but, but it is it. it's very interesting gotcha well you know what I'm I'm watching a series on Netflix called Sinners the Sinners or something like that and it's, it's with Timberlake yeah Jessica yeah. Biel she's the star oh, okay. it. and it's and it's, it's crazy it's kind of it's a little depressing too and it's weird <laughs> Um, but anyway, so yeah, I, I I might even like it. I don't know. Um, can't say that I'm gonna watch it, but (laughs) I am also going to give a toast this week. Um, I'm going to toast to, I don't even know how to say her last name. So I'm just going to say Mashonda. Mashonda is at Tiffer, um, for her new book called blend Mashonda, as you guys may know, is the ex-wife of Swiss Beats, who is now married to Alicia Keys. And oh. yeah, Alicia Keys, Masha- Mashonda wrote a book, Alicia Keys wrote the forward, and apparently Swiss, Beat, Swiss Beats wrote a letter to include in the book. And the book is all about their blending, fa- their blended family and how they Ooh. blend the family. They blended the family. And like, it's a, it's a memoir. It's like her life story. I mean, it's her story. Um, but it also apparently talks a lot about, you know, her journey and her process of getting to the place where she could um, blend, well, co-parent first and then blend with Swiss Beats and Alicia Keys and their new marriage. And for backstory, if, for people that don't know, I, I'll say watch the interview that she did with The Breakfast Club. I think it's like a couple of days ago. Um, I don't know. I come from a very like non-traditional family setup. Um, both of my step parents for the most have been in my life for most of my life. So, um, and, and there's a lot of like ups, downs, highs and lows togetherness and separations and all of this other stuff that went into it. So when I see people doing, um, blended family things in a public space and they're doing it in a way that honestly seems productive and helpful and safe and nurturing still to the children i admire it so i really did not have a desire to read this book um but i actually plan to buy it just to support because i 
see Mashonda and I actually think that she's extremely, extremely uh, just incredible and amazing and really dope to be able to be in a place where she can interact and engage on a regular basis with them and also just allow Alicia Keys to kind of like have that type of access and relationship with her son and really trust in her in the way that it seems they do and they like you know make videos together and go on vacations it just seems like a lot so i was like i want to support her because i feel like it's dope but then i watched the interview and i was like you know what i actually want to read this book because she talks apparently and i'm saying this as if i've read it i'm toasting to it because it's a book that i want to read um but i also want people to go watch the interview too um but apparently she talks in depth about like her process of kind of like working on her healing her own issues from like her childhood and you know similar experiences that she had to like what she's going through then and all of that stuff which I just think is ultimately dope I think it I see her and I say that this is a person that is extremely mature and almost mature in a way that seems insane and it doesn't make any sense but we (laughs) but we have and especially i want to say especially in today's time because we've always had it but you know in our community like it's it's not it's not foreign to have a blended family it's not foreign to have you know a step parent or somebody else being raised by somebody else and you kind of have to find this like nice ground where the child can be the one that benefits through all of the like emotions of the adults. And I don't think too many of us see that in a positive way. And this seems to be very positive. She seems to be very like open, honest and authentic about how she feels about everything. And so I don't know. I just want to support it because I think it's good. So I'm going to toast to Mashonda in the book blend. I plan to purchase my copy today or tomorrow. Um, if you guys haven't read it haven't heard about it check it out i think it's uh i look forward to being a a very good book so my toast this week is to mashonda and the book title blend that's awesome i i just think it's amazing all these celebrities are showing us you know this level of maturity from jada pickett to sheree to alicia keys and mashonda right like man this is a level of maturity and we didn't see. We didn't you know, see. Before. Yeah. We didn't know it existed like this. Yeah. And even though I'm sure people have been doing it, but to be in the forefront on this large scale, I think it's healing for people that this can transcend families, can bleed over into friendships. It just shows the level of like when you put, when you, you know, put your grown woman, a grown man um, hat on and just, you know, Rise to the occasion. Right. Things can happen. Yep. So that's amazing. So, you know, we encourage you with our good vibe to just do it. Just be mature. Uh, just face your issues. Just be grown. Um, And be honest with yourself. Start today. <laughs> just do it. Nice. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> we encourage you to right. do it. That's the good vibe. That's what you need to take with you. Start now. Don't put it off to tomorrow. Just do it right now. Grow up now. Grow up now. Now. Grow up now. Do it now. Don't because wait. if you don't do it now, you'll be seventy. Still looking dumb. <laughs> Filtering <laughs> your looking life. Dumb. Through. Blaming other people for your faults. You stubbed your <laughs> toe and you're mad that the table is there. Move the table. You put it there 80 years ago. Stop doing it. Okay, I'm done. Because people around you are tired. 
Because you're draining them. Extremely tired. Don't want to have to do this. And we're trying to figure out what's going on. Especially when you keep telling me that you're like my elder and I got to respect you, but you're mad at something that you did. It's just, I don't know. But I I ain't mad though. I'm moving on. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be able to write the forward to that book. I'm writing the forward, the first paragraph. The middle paragraph and the ending paragraph to see if they actually got some change. Okay, all right, I'm going to shut up. That's going to wrap another episode of Brunch Culture. As always, guys, we appreciate you guys for checking us out every week or bi-weekly or however it is we're doing this. Um, we You can check all of our past episodes at our website at www.brunchculturebc.com. You can check us out on Instagram at brunch.com underscore culture and on twitter at brunch culture bc and as always here at brunch culture everything is up for discussion